all you buckaroos out there in listen land is how I would start this podcast if it was a 1940s cowboy radio drama, but it isn't. So, my name's Hub, and welcome to Teen Titans Wasteland. We are on our 18th episode. That's right, we're barely legal if podcasts were entities and years were measured in episodes, which I assume they probably are. So, hey, we're barely legal. Let's go buy some cigarettes and vote. All right. Anyway, we got a crazy issue that we're dealing with here, so let's get into it. Tie your sneakers in a knot with a high top twist because it's time for our synopsis. Synopsis. That was a terrible one. You guys are going to have to write me a song so that I can stop doing that shit. If you guys write me an awesome song, I'll just play it right there and I can stop doing all that crap. Okay? Deal. Teen Titans number 15, June 1968. Written by Bob Haney, drotted by Lee Elias, with inks and a cover by Nick Cardi. Teen Titans roll call. Robin, Aqualad, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl. Or should I say, Feathers, Wet and Wild, Feet, and Paradise Baby. It'll make sense later. Captain Rumble blasts the scene. The Titans are hanging out in Hippieville, a counterculture haven for freaks and dropouts. They're looking for a runaway teen named Ken Matthews, whose parents would like their son back. They are followed on their adventure by a far-out-looking hippie troubadour calling himself The Poet, who will be narrating their exploits. Aqualad and Kid Flash are somewhat off-put by the hippie subculture, but Robin and Wonder Girl think the scene is super groovy. The teens soon encounter Eddie the Guru, a Jesus-looking dude wearing a long white robe who runs the drop-back-in place, a center for runaway teens who may be looking to reconnect with their estranged parents. Eddie hasn't seen Ken, but offers to go into a trance and become one with the universe to see what he can find out. Meanwhile, at a nearby garage, Ken the Runaway is meeting with a shady truck driver named Tram. Tram hires Ken to hide a sinister-looking package down a manhole. Ken thinks that Tram is a jerk and suspects that there might be something shady about this package-hiding business. Gee, you think? But he needs the money, so he goes along with it. Turns out that the middle of the street might not be the best place to hide your stolen goods, because the cops spot Ken trying to hide the package and give chase. Back at the drop-back-in place, Eddie senses that Ken is nearby. Sure enough, the runaway teen comes barreling by the guru and his titan pals with the police in hot pursuit. Kid Flash nabs Ken and turns him over to the police, who would like to question him about the stolen goods in his possession. But Ken displays a healthy disrespect for the authorities and refuses to rat out Tram. The officer is about to take the tight-lipped teen downtown when he is interrupted by the arrival of a gang of hippie-hating hoodlums led by one Captain Rumble. Captain Rumble is a bald motorcycle-riding jerkwad who shows up and starts punching hippies because he likes punching hippies. The policemen and the titans manage to send the hoodlums packing, but in the confusion, Ken manages to make his escape and sneaks off to his girlfriend Karen's apartment. Tram the trucker sends a couple of his thugs, Buster and Ironhead, to Karen's place to rough up the teens and retrieve the stolen goods. But Karen has been working on a mobile that seems to consist mostly of buckets and cinder blocks, and she drops it on the thugs' heads. The art world's loss is Ken's gain as he and Karen manage to briefly evade their pursuers. Meanwhile, the Titans have decided to indulge in Robin's love of costumes and go undercover as hippies, trading their outlandish outfits and colorful codenames for a different set of outlandish outfits and colorful codenames. Instead of Robin, Wonder Girl, Kid Flash, and Aqualad, they are now calling themselves Feathers, Paradise Baby, Feet, and Wet n' Wild. Because why the fuck not? Paradise Baby beats up two of the thugs that were chasing Ken and Karen. Feathers beats up Captain Rumble and two of his henchmen. 
After getting a psychic tip from Eddie the Guru, Feet saves the runaway teens from getting run down by Tram in his truck, and Wet and Wild, well, he doesn't really get to do anything. Maybe he's off hanging out at a water park or something. Despite several close calls, the Titans still haven't managed to catch Ken and Karen yet, but Paradise Baby sees a flyer for a big hippie festival at Pullum Park that evening, and figures there's a pretty good chance that that's where the young fugitives are headed. Turns out, she was right. The Titans head to the park, but first they decide to ditch their groovy duds and go back to being plain old Robin, Kid Flash, Awkward Lad, and Wonder Girl. The young heroes weren't the only ones that thought a trip to the park sounded fun, though. Tram's goons had the same idea, and Captain Rumble and his band of motorcycle thugs decide to crash the party as well. Fortunately, the newly de-hippified Titans brought enough punches for everyone and gleefully beat the crap out of all the bad guys. Even the poet, who had been following our heroes around this whole time like a goddamn creep, manages to get in on the act. He takes a page from Holly Hip's handbook and bashes Captain Rumble over the head with his guitar. Bam! Way to put the fist back in pacifist, ya hippie. After having been saved by the Titans for the third time, Ken and Karen finally decide to turn themselves in. They squeal on Tram and his organization, and Ken is reunited with his parents. Hooray! Eddie the Guru is impressed with the Titans and tells him they are beautiful enough to be hippies themselves. Wow, Eddie. That beautiful? High praise indeed. The Titans are flattered, but decide to go back to being plain old superheroes. Then they all say peace in unison. Hooray! And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Hello, Corey. Hey, Hub. So, what'd you think? Far out, man. Dude, it was a stone groove. Oh, the stone grooviest. Yeah, pretty great. I also would like to get this out of the way. Been a while since I've gotten the chance. I thought you would notice that. It was a little one. Uh Uh-huh, but its message was good. Its message was good. Apparently, there's terrible things happening in the goose industry, because it says, down with down. Mm Mm-hmm. In the opening panel, there is a lone protester amid the sea of general hippiness that they're conveying in the opening panel, and it is some crazy bullshit, Mm -hmm. because they're in a place called, as near as we can tell, it's actually called Hippieville, USA. Yeah. It's pretty clearly supposed to be like Haight-Asbury district of... San Francisco. Ashbury? Mm -hmm. I thought it was Asbury. Pretty sure it's Ashbury. I think you're wrong. Look it up. No. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably right. And so the way that we know that we are in the hippie section of town, in addition to the fact that the poet, a crazy hippie troubadour, shows up and tells us that we are in Hippieville, USA, is there are stores there called, one, The Dream Shop, Mm -hmm. two, Crazy Sandals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and three, the dropout grocery. Yeah, don't forget the dropout grocery. Who could forget the dropout grocery? I couldn't forget it. <laughs> I think they were trying to come up with a different name for a dropout thing, and then they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, we need a grocery store. Yeah. Hippies gotta eat. They gotta eat. Yeah. Yeah, tofu. What'd you think of the poet? Oh, man. There is so much opportunity for the good slang in this one, and in particular because the the narrator of this. Yeah. Everything he... Everything he says is in weird, like, hippie rhyming slang. Mm -hmm. I I thought also it was interesting that I think this is the first issue that I can recall where there was a constant narrator through the whole thing who's, you know, talking to to the audience and, like, pointing his finger at panels and, like, doing all this. It's, like, it was really intrusive because he's so far out I didn't care. 
Yeah, it was. It reminds me of uh, the old Gru comic books. How there there would be the minstrel oh, who would narrate yeah. everything. Also, that dude's a fucking creeper. Because in addition to being like an omniscient narrator, mm. or maybe instead of being an omniscient narrator, he's just a dude who's following the Titans around, and he doesn't say anything to them the whole time. Mm-hmm. But he's like, "Let's see what they're doing." Mm. Oh, they're doing that. Cool. And he does insert himself into the action at one point mm-hmm. when he... Uh, in spectacular fashion. Yeah, when he pulls a holly hip and does a honky-tonk man bust the guitar over Captain Rumble's head. Yeah. Pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Pretty rad. Captain Rumble's a fucking trip. He's a jerk. He's a total jerkwad. And he does not like hippies. Nope. And he just wants to go around and punching them for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Well, he's cleaning up the town. Right. He's a self-appointed vigilante, just punishing hippies. There's one scene where he's, it's at later at the, uh, the love-in that they're going to at the park where they're trying to catch Ken and Karen. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the background is shouting, don't fight back, hit him with love, sock him with flowers. Right. To which Captain Rumble responds by continuing to just punch and kick hippies in the face and saying, ha ha ha. I know, that cracked me up too. <laughs> It's like super bold the way he sang it too. It is, yeah. You know, he's doing awful stuff, but you do have to kind of appreciate his exuberance. Mm-hmm. And uh, this issue was funny too, in the sense that there were kind of two bad guys, which I think were unrelated, completely unconnected. I kept yeah. expecting them to find out that Captain Rumble was working for Tram the Trucker, or I guess they'd both be working for a guy named Big Arnie, who we don't see until like the last panel, who's mm-hmm. just kind of an off-panel mastermind behind this. Mm-hmm to move stolen goods around mm-hmm. through manhole covers and trucks such a bad place to hide your stolen goods <laughs> is in a manhole cover there is nothing less subtle than going into the middle of the street uh-huh. in front of everyone well that's how ken gets busted i know Kyle comes running out because it's like, a terrible hey. plan well he gets partly busted because of that but he really gets busted because eddie the guru is a legitimate psychic mm. you sound like you disagree we're certainly led to believe he's a legitimate psychic. <laughs> you think we don't have all the data in? I don't. Do you think, think so. he's in cahoots with Tram the Trucker? Oh, no. And that's how he's getting inside information? No, no, no. I just think maybe he got lucky a few times. I don't know, man. He can tell that they're at the bridge. Boom, they're at the bridge. Mm, that's true. That's he true. knows that they're nearby. Oh, my God, that guy's super nearby. Yeah, I just don't trust the the white you robes don't... and the, the beard and all You've that. You've had a bad experience. Bullshit. Yeah, just you... new age stuff. <laughs> no good, man. Well, then this must have been a difficult issue for you. <laughs> no, it was... I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I loved this issue. It was really fun, and to me, this is... I said in the last issue that I felt like we were bridging into the more Bronze Age, what I think of as the Bronze Age Teen Titans stuff. Mm-hmm. And with this one, I think there'll probably be some going back and forth, but this is what I think of when I think of yeah. this Teen Titans series. This kind of, like, crazy, nonsensical, hippie adventure that is so desperately trying to capture some kind of zeitgeist. Yeah, this is... Is this the first one in 1968 that we've read? The, uh, it's... No, it's the June issue of 1968, but it might be the first one that's actually in the calendar year of 1968, mm-hmm. because generally the cover date will be much later than it actually comes out. Yeah, the, I, it would make sense that it would... Well, I would actually guess that the last one was probably mm. the first one, because I would guess that the Christmas issue probably came out in December. Okay. But yeah, I think you're right about trying to capture the, the spirit of the times, because there is a bunch of 
kind of conflict or tension between like there's these hippies and the titans want to help them but they're pretty uncomfortable with well, the the whole like anti-authority thing and growing of beards r- well some of them such. are wonder girl is totally into this shit oh yeah she's she wants kid flash to grow a beard mm-hmm. she wants to be a hippie yeah. she says something about it being the loving generation and mm-hmm. she's missing out she's left out she's yeah she's left out poor girl man and and she would totally be included if only kid flash would grow a beard mm-hmm. but and he's too young and clean cut he's too young and clean cut and i appreciate the fact that kid flash just knows who he is he's like nope that's not for me mm-hmm. and that's what kind of the overall message of this thing is in a weird way is hey know where you're at be true to yourself do your thing don't get sucked up into a scene i suppose you're right although the way in which robin delivers that when he says something to the effect of if you're turned off by authority you're turned off by yourself oh that's true too that is a little heavy-handed robin has a heavy hand he doesn't mince words he's got a He's got a lead foot on the old morality pedal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the way that he ends the issue is by giving, like, an almost, like, Jerry Springer-style speech Hmm. uh, about... I'm just going to read it real quick. (laughs) This is right after Eddie tells them they're beautiful enough to be hippies. Oh, yeah. Which really was like, wow, that beautiful? Mm, So beautiful. Wonder Girl, maybe. Wonder Wonder Girl's very beautiful. I'm I'm not saying... So you don't think they are beautiful enough to be hippies? No. You agree that hippies are the pinnacle of beauty, and you don't think that the Titans necessarily measure up? I think that in the hippie (laughs) ideal of beauty, the use of violence to solve your problems gets very low marks. Ah, touche. And they definitely, when they doff their costumes... Well, Eddie feels otherwise, and he's got a beard and a robe, so... Eddie won. Corey won. We'll call it even. (laughs) Wait, you have a robe? No, just... You don't have a beard. The war of opinion. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I got rid of my robe years ago. (laughs) Like, that's not a robe. That's a smoking jacket. And that's like the opposite of a robe. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, hippie style. When he tells them that, he's basically inviting them to come and live and be part of his hippie dream. And Robin's response is, Thanks, Eddie, but we'll drop back in to our own superhero bag. As Ken found out, if you can't make a different scene, stick with the scene you're in. Peace. And then the other three Titans in chorus mm-hmm. say, and I want you to read it with me. Imagine there's three of us. Peace, Peace and, and farewell. That's fucking creepy. Mm. He has the other Titans acting as his pips to his Gladys Knight. And this is not surprising, though. No, it's keeping with his character, but just having them, the three of them say peace and farewell in unison, mm-hmm. like, I think he trained them to it, mm-hmm. and I bet after he said, with the scene you're in, peace, he probably gave him some kind of, like, a James Brown-style hand sign behind mm-hmm. him. Because mm-hmm, they're like, all, like, waving to Yeah, you, right? if you miss your cue, you're out of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't fuck up. Yeah, I got Speedy waiting in the goddamn wings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Beast Boy would love to be a goddamn Titan. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, though I, I still think there is this tension between the the free spirited, nonviolent, you know, loving hippies and the you know. There is, and they go back and forth, and it's odd because actually in DC comics specifically that are coming out around this era, there is that that tension with the hippie culture in general of like this is pretty cool. This is what the kids like. So we have to be cool and be with it and say that we're into this. Mm -hmm. But also everybody that's writing it is much older than that Mm -hmm. and can't really keep the derision for that movement Mm -hmm. completely out of it. There's a really great comic book that came out around this time uh, called uh, Brother Power the Geek, which is amazing. 
that's by Joe Simon. And there's that definitely follows through. It takes place in full hippie culture. And there's whole this whole thing like, no, the hippies are great and we need to protect them from being beat up by these outside forces. But also, get a load of these fucking dipshits. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's some of that going on in this issue too. There is, but it's odd to me the lines which got broken down in terms of, on one side, you have... Kid Flash and Aqualad, who are square, aren't really down with hippie culture Mm -hmm. until Robin tells them to be. Mm -hmm. And Robin and Wonder Girl, who are just like, yeah, hippies are fucking rad. Can't we be fucking hippies, please? Mm -hmm. Please? Mm -hmm. I don't think Robin really wants to be a hippie. I just think he likes to dress up. He likes to fit in, too, I think. Oh, I don't think he likes to fit in so much. I think he likes to dress up. Mm. You don't think he likes to feel like he's, like, really part of a scene? No, I, I don't. I don't. I think this comes back to the last issue where he doesn't... He's he's a sociopath. He's a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) Where he doesn't need other people. Yeah, well, there's there's that as well. Except in as much to control them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, if you dress up like a big hippie, you get all the other hippies to to follow you. They're not going to follow you around with your leotard. Although, I think their original outfits are... They would fit in kind of well in hippie culture, I think. Probably better than they did in their outfits. And we should talk a little bit about their outfits and code names. Oh, feathers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Wet n' Wild. Oh, man, Wet n' Wild doesn't get to do shit. And he's got the worst goddamn name. It's the name of a water park. It's not the name of Mm -hmm. even a hippie. And also the the weird thing, and this this again has to do with the the coloring or the the inks, where they're all wearing uh, wigs mm-hmm. in the scene in which they've donned these hippie costumes, and the black hair is is often in these books is rendered this bluish color, mm-hmm. but it's the same exact blue of his love sweater or something. And man, and he's got Make, they honestly the, they're try, they're making him look like a hippie, and they put they gave him basically some some cut off jorts. And a sweatshirt that says love on it. Yeah, and but his wig, dude, is like this terrible... Like, I think it bog. might actually be a blue wig, too. It's like, maybe it, it's black, colored, blue. It looks like he's wearing blue, like, but... a, like, a, like a blue bobbed wig. It, it's not a good look. It reminds me, and kind of all of their outfits do, but especially his, remind me of, like, when I was in, like, 7th or 8th grade, we would have, like, sometimes the school dance would be, like hippie themed or 60s themed Mm -hmm. and the kind of outfits that having an 80s wardrobe and be like i don't know if this is weird is this hippie Mm -hmm. it's this combination of just like this is not what any hippies actually dressed like Mm -hmm. but it's not what i would know it's something weird that i got in my closet therefore it's hippie it's that kind of an outfit yeah i will say i like kid flash's outfit as feet he has the best code name his Mm -hmm. code name is feet yep and he has (laughs) the best outfit because he just looks like hillbilly frankenstein mm-hmm. he's got this furry vest on and a giant country bear jamboree hat <laughs> wait what what is a country bear jamboree um it's a jamboree or jamboree if you will in your citified talk okay. um, where a bunch of country bears would get together and drink moonshine and sing songs and wear hats oh and of course they're wearing hats Corey. they're they're country bears having a jamboree Thank you for clarifying. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to explain things. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but Feet has a rad outfit, and he's got my favorite nickname. Yep. Although, I don't think those were their initial nicknames, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, or rather, I don't think that was how they were assigned initially. Because when they first show up in their hippie outfits, mm-hmm. which... I, we talked about Aqualads and Kid Flashes. I'm sorry. Wet and Wilds and Feet's 
mm-hmm. outfits. <laughs> Robin is wearing some, like, an Indian headdress, a half-assed Indian headdress. He's got some, at least some feathers yeah. in his hair. So, super long love beads and mm-hmm. just kind of a big, floppy green dress. Mm-hmm. A tunic, perhaps. Maybe. A tunic is what they're calling what he normally wears, though. Oh. And Wonder Girl's just wearing a big red toga and has no other costume to mm. speak of. Yep. Yeah, wet and wild looks like sad, man. It's not a good look. For no. Him. But when they show up, Robin says, Greetings, Guru. I'm Feathers. This is Paradise Baby, Feet, and Wet and Wild. And he introduces them in that order, but the order they're standing in is it's him, then Kid Flash, then Wonder Girl, then Aqualad. So I think originally he was going to call Kid Flash his Paradise Baby and Wonder Girl Feet because I think he's into her feet. But then Eddie the Guru like is like, oh, Paradise Baby, oh, an island-born Wonder Girl. Feet means Kid Flash. And then Robin just goes, oh, you guessed it. Yep, that was the one that I meant. Yep, thanks for disambiguating that, Guru. Yeah. The whole point of the issue, theoretically, is they're trying to reconnect a... Runaway teen, Ken Matthews, Mm -hmm. who wants to try to make it as a hippie, but he's just not doing it. No, he had to borrow money from criminals and everything. Yeah, and he's just doing a bad job. And he seems like a pretty square kid Mm -hmm. who just wants to be a hippie, but it's not what he's good at. He's a terrible hippie. No, he's not a good hippie. No, and his girlfriend, Karen, who is a great hippie. She's okay. She's got her own crash pad. She's, she's got her own apartment. She's artsy. She's artsy. She's making the dumbest, worst mural ever. Not mural. Mobile uh, ever. Yeah. Which I think would make her fit right in in hippie culture. Yeah. Who doesn't like to hang cinder blocks and garbage from your ceiling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she is so devoted to Ken. Oh, yeah. She's always telling him, like, no, you and me, baby, you, you've, you've got me forever, no matter what. I don't think Ken deserves Karen. No, she's too good for him. No. He doesn't know what he wants. No, he doesn't. He he wants to try to be a hippie, but he's a half-assed hippie. Um, and she keeps being like, hey, call your parents. Like, they could give you money for food so you don't have to work for this, yeah. this criminal. Or, frankly, I think the subtext there is, or keep fucking mooching off me, and maybe you could chip into this sweet fucking pad that you're crashing at that's my fucking apartment. How about that, Ken? Yeah, come on, Ken. Maybe she could afford to spell her name right if you started chipping in some rent. <laughs> She spells her name K-A-R-I-N, mm-hmm. which maybe that's a way to spell Karen. I don't think it is. It is. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I've, I've seen it anyway. Okay. But I... I, I Did you I, see it on people who were spelling their name wrong? These were hippies. There you go. Boom. Okay. It all fits together. It was in Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> I have some experience in this matter. You know what I think are actually pretty good hippie names? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not good hippie names. They're just good names. The Thugs, Iron Head and Buster. Those are terrible hippie names, but they are great. They're names. great nicknames, yeah. though. Yeah, and they really suited the characters too. Yes, these, like the big square jawed truck driving baddies. Yeah, the, the, these are tram the truckers underlings who are chasing Ken and Karen. And Ken may be a lousy hippie, but he is great at getting away from close calls. Yeah, because he is doing that constantly. He first escapes from. The police. Mm-hmm. Then he escapes from Kid Flash and the police. Mm-hmm. Then he escapes from Ironhead and Buster. Mm-hmm. Then he escapes from Ironhead and Buster again when they're trying to run him down in a truck. Mm-hmm. With some help from Kid Flash. With some help from Kid Flash. But he keeps just like narrowly escaping these things. He's, he's fleet of foot. He's slippery. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's, Wily. Yeah. He's greasy. And therefore able to escape from traps. 
Okay, because <laughs> he's greased up. I don't like Ken. Really? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I know he goes back to, I don't think he appreciates Karen enough. I don't think he appreciates his parents either. I don't think he does either. Mm-hmm. But at the end, he ends up going back to his parents mm-hmm. and saying like, yeah, I wasn't cut out for the scene. And Karen immediately goes, yeah, yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, Karen, you were doing great. Yeah. You need to stand Ken on your up. own. Yeah. Before you mm-hmm. started having to put up with fucking a little Ken's bullshit. Too, though. There's that going on, but I also wonder what's going to happen. Because Ken is clearly going to move back with his parents. Mm-hmm. Is Karen going to move in with them? Oh, maybe. Is she going to stay? Because she's, she's apparently going to move out of her, her sweet-ass apartment and stop making crazy, shitty mobiles that are mostly cinder blocks and buckets. And garbage. And yeah. garbage. Yeah, no, she's going to move to uh, Squaresville and, and leave Hippie Town. Oh. Okay, well, she'll be the coolest kid in school. But I, I'm surprised Ken's parents are just being like, yes, please come back, Ken, and bring your crazy hippie girlfriend that you met yeah. in San Francisco with you. She'll right. live in the same room with you, and you guys can just fuck all day. And uh, make mobiles in the garage. Yeah. Just hang be... them wherever you want, really, <laughs> in our house. It'll be wonderful. Please mm-hmm. come home, Ken. Yeah, please. Yeah, weird scene, man. Super weird scene. Mm. What else is going on in this that you wanted to touch on? Well, the artwork throughout the entire... This is, for a relatively simple story, it's incredibly dense with the artwork and all the dialogue. Well, and there's so much that's happening that is unconnected to other things. Like the whole Mm -hmm. Captain Rumble thing being unconnected with Tram the Trucker. It doesn't bother me, though. It's it's, it's just... No, it's fun. You just kind of... It ends up just kind of watching. You immerse yourself in it, and then you kind of come out the other end, and you're like... Wow, that was crazy. Yep, and it almost had two like uh, climactic fight scenes, or not really yeah. fight scenes, but so there's the the one where Captain Rumble and his hatred of hippies, he decides him and all his motorcycle goons go bust up this love in and oh, just, and when they are just beat up a bunch of hippies, yeah, and when they are on their way too, though there there's this like scene of them headed towards the thing on their motorcycles. Mm-hmm. It looks like I know we watched Weird Science fairly recently. You remember that scene where all of the, the mutant bikers from the future bust in through the wall to royal they, they drive to ruin the, the party? House. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it reminds me of that. And in that scene... That's the Hills Have Eyes guy. That's the Hills Have Eyes guy. And that's what he kind of like looks Captain like. Rumble. A little bit. I wonder if that was who he was patterned after. Oh. And he's like, yeah, I'm a weird looking guy who hates hippies. I yeah. should shave my head. And eats people. Look more like Captain Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's that. Which is pretty exciting, and there's right. a bunch of shit that happens. And then there's also the actual busting, the real bad guy at the end of it. The, right. The criminal. But that's almost treated like just like a cleanup. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, like, oh, oh, yeah. Now that we're together, like the whole point was Ken needs to turn on Tram the Trucker, who's been taken advantage of him, mm-hmm. and will take down his whole criminal organization. And get back to his square roots, really. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, because, and, and that's what I do like about this, because. Be who you are. Be who you are. It, it's there's something out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like in the uh, you can either be a square or a hippie. <laughs> exactly, but both are fine. Eh, I think both are fine. I came away with this with the the sense that despite the the cutesy coordinated farewell at the end, that the Teen Titans or Robin specifically, you know, it was my job to restore authority to a situation and. By that, I mean take this kid away from these dirty hippies and return him <laughs> to his suburban home. With I didn't get parent. that. I think there was a, a appreciation and tolerance of hippie culture in this issue that kind of surprised me a little bit. Mm, okay. But, I, you know, we can each take different things away from it. Yeah, the art in this issue is by Lee Elias, who uh, 
was a golden age comic book artist. He did a lot of uh, the Black Cat, which was uh, one of the original like good girl art mm. things for Harvey Comics, and did a, a fair amount of illustration for DC in the golden age, and then some in this era too. But it's a really nice, very cartoony style that works really well. And with Cardi's ink, it kind of keeps the style consistent going through. Mm-hmm. Actually, at first blush, I thought this was still Nick Cardi doing mm-hmm. the art. It's really clear. Too, it, despite how busy it is. Yeah, no, he he does a, a great job. And yeah, there's a lot going on in it, both in terms of like just dialogue. It's very dialogue heavy. But there's also a lot going on visually because half of the dialogue is being delivered by like this inset panel of the poet who's singing these crazy songs about what's happening. And randomly like sticking his head into a panel from like the top right corner which makes him it does give him this weird creepy like he's got like this creepy voyeur type thing he's like half the watcher and half just Mm -hmm. like a stalker most of the time it's fine and he's off panel and he's like hey look at listen to this crazy adventure but there's a couple where he's just like the titans are doing something and he's just standing there next to them Mm -hmm. and that those are the ones that i'm just like oh stop doing that Mm -hmm. i don't trust this guy yeah he's just following them so at one point, when he does do his honky-tonk man move and bust the guitar over Captain Rumble's head, the reason he does that is because Captain Rumble kind of swooshed by him on his motorcycle mm-hmm. and grazed his guitar. That sends yeah. him into a rage. He's like, my guitar. And he's, non-violence, brother, I love it. But lay lunch hooks on my strings and slams villains similar things. It's really hard to get a handle on what kind of meter he's trying to use because mm-hmm. there are rhymes in there, but mm-hmm. I'm having trouble finding where they fit in terms of the meter. Yeah. But and then oh, he was high. He must have been because he's that upset about the guy brushing against his guitar, and he's like, "Nobody messes with my guitar. So I, will I will destroy it. my guitar over you to keep you from messing with it." That kind of mutual destru- assured mutual destruction. That, that's that's not what the hippies are all about. No, and it's certainly not the way to. It's not the way to protect your guitars, your guitar. certainly. Yeah. So he smashes it so hard over over Baldy's head. Oh, yeah, it makes a big sprang uh-huh. noise. Yeah, I actually wrote that down, which also rhymes with a krang that happens in a different scene. There's a lot of good sound effects in here, too. Oh, it's, it's super sound effects. There's I mean, a splat re- one, too, where somebody gets punched and it makes a splat sound. See, I think this is, like, kind of cyclical influence, because I think the panels in, or the, the Batman live-action TV show had all of those Ah, sound effect panels, which were supposed to mirror comic books. But Mm -hmm. as they got more outlandish, then their success made the comic books want to do more of that Mm -hmm. in them. Mm -hmm. This is also, I think, the first one since they introduced it, that the Titans at no point go to their hidden lair. I kind of miss it. I want them to be hanging out at their lair and playing records. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Did they explain in this issue what it was that brought the Titans... Yes, okay. Ken's parents contacted them. Okay. They're looking for a runaway teen. Okay, that's that's how they showed up. Yep, that makes sense. And, I mean, I assume his parents went down to the TV station, probably put on a mask. Oh, yeah. And the rules. Yeah. And, you know, sent a message on their TV show to mm-hmm. the Titans. Yep. I gotta say, the guru for my distrust of robed, bearded, wearing mystics 
was a good guy for having the, the acknowledging, like the, first of all, it doesn't always work out when, yeah. when kids drop out of society. Yeah, it's like, hey, I want to help out hippies, but you know what? This shit isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. You want to go back to your folks? Yeah. I'll help, I'll help you get in touch with I'll, them. I'll put you on the board. Right. I'll tap into, I'll, I'll become one with the universe and mm-hmm. find your parents. But which he does too, we should, we should know his meditation style is by squatting on the floor and then uh, lacing his fingers behind the back of his head and putting his head between his knees like he's like... Yeah, like he's got a, a terrible headache, basically. Yeah. Or, yeah, or is just a total fucking nut job. Yeah, but it works. You know what? He gets results. Heavy vibrations. Yeah. Yeah, he feels heavy vibrations. So there is a ton to choose from here, but... Oh, so many. What was your favorite slang? <sighs> There's so much oddly metered, weirdly rhyming slang from from the poet that i just have to not choose any of it and i'm gonna go back to the very beginning where it's 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 aqualad who is i think out of all the teens the most uncomfortable with with all this hippie stuff yeah there's and so when they first show up let's get back to the slang in a second because i do want (laughs) to are you talking about the junior superhero sensibilities line no Okay, because I would like to get to... Aqualad says something about how they're all a bunch of weirdos when yes. he shows up. Is that the slang you're talking about? Yeah, it is. Okay, go go ahead then. And so what he says... Because Robin's response to him is what I want to touch on. That's great, but... And also I gotta say that the reason that this sounds funny to me is it's filtered through the years where the terms that they used sounds to our ears very different, you know, than it sounded back then. Right. So, like, back then, you know, like, uh, swinging is, you know, groovy or, or cool. Right. Or and then I think it was, like, probably about, like, within ten years of this, it came to mean yeah. group sex. Right. Key parties and shit. Yeah. And so that's the association right. that I sometimes have with it. And, and so we have innocent Aqualad saying to the rest of the gang, hey, you know, I like to swing, but these cats are too much. Strictly weirdos. Yeah. I know. It's nice. Yeah, he meant it in that. I, I think he's just a like, li- I'm cool to you guys. I am. I think Atlantis is a little bit behind the times. A little more so conservative. So he's still hitting like the early 60s, like Frank Sinatra style. I like to swing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm a swinging yeah. dude. Yeah, fly me to the moon. But Robin's response to that is, you betray your middle class junior superhero background. What's more weird and way out? Than a kid who breathes water, or a speed demon in a crazy yellow suit, or a chick who flies. Aqualad doesn't have a middle class background. He was an orphan that was outcast from Atlantis. He was an orphan who was raised on the ocean floor. Oh, Robin. Fucking lay off the kid. What a dick. Yeah. I mean, maybe that was directed at Kid Flash, because Kid Flash does have more, like, middle class, solid middle class upbringing and background. Mm -hmm. But... Aqualad's just trying his fucking best to fit in, man. Mm -hmm. He really is. Yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah. All right, so my favorite slang was, there were a couple to choose from. But, okay, it comes down to, I'll I'll give my my backups. There's one where feet is running (laughs) to go and save the kids from a bus Mm -hmm. from getting run over by Tram the Trucker's goons. Mm -hmm. And he says, check, Robin. I'll be there quick as you can say, rock my baby with a raga beat. Yeah. yeah that was pretty good. Uh, Robin's final thoughts, which I already read. Mm-hmm. I, I thought those were pretty good, especially just because it ended with the rest of the Titans playing pips to his Gladys Knight mm-hmm. and saying peace and farewell. But my absolute favorite comes from Eddie the Guru when he first goes into a trance mm. and says, hmm, he, he's trying to find Ken. 
He says, hmm, can't say I've glimmed him around here, but let the old guru become one with the great groovy marmalade skies and maybe I can get a clue. Yeah, that stood out to me as well. It's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Pretty great. So, what's your favorite panel? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I had three that were in contention. Okay, so do I. I'll see if, let's see if any of them overlap. Okay. And so one is the one that we already mentioned before, which has associated with it the sound effect sprang. And it's the one where... Um, the poet is slamming the, the guitar the over his head. Yep. I actually did not have that one, but I, I, I can it's, see why... The way it it's drawn is pretty hilarious, because he looks like... Uh, what was the... Is it Yosemite Sam? Or what was the old, like timey like a uh, cartoony you know, prospector guy with a big mustache yeah that's yosemite when sam. he when he jumps though and his knees like shoot up past his shoulders yep, that's total yosemite he's sam. doing that yep this hippie guy is and it's, it was just really weird to see him doing that in such a violent way and he looks all crazy in his face At least they fucked with his guitar yeah and so he destroyed it right naturally. the other one i have written down is i i, I just maybe when they threatened his guitar it made him realize that he had grown too emotionally attached to a material object. Mm. And that blew his hippie sensibilities. And so that's why he decided to destroy the guitar. And mm. he wasn't mad at Captain Rumble as much as he was mad at himself. Whoa. That's deep, yeah. man. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I've been reading some Teen Titans comics. Yeah. Brings man. out the philosopher in me. I'll say. And so the other one I had to just look up and it's on page 10 because the only note I had written down was the sound effect which is crang <laughs> which apparently is the noise that a giant ugly mobile made out of mobile <laughs> made out of a sculpture yeah hanging from the ceiling made out of cinder blocks garbage and buckets and uh, rocks <laughs> makes when you drop it on bad guys fair enough yeah and you had one more you said I had one more which is the one um, on page 5 where they first introduce Captain Rumble and he's um, driving in on his on his motorcycle, and uh, and all his goons. <laughs> that are in is the a really good one. And he's got this. Uh, I don't know if it's a scarf or an ascot or, or what. You I think call it's it. a scarf. Yeah, which is you know it's orange, and he's wearing a this navy shirt, so it's got that good like uh, complimentary color thing going. And he, just, I think that's a leather jacket. Okay, and he he looks furious, like the way that he's drawn, his eyes are super shadowed out, and he's like, all of his teeth are showing, and he's saying, clobber the hippies, waste them! <laughs> and there's so a giant evil. splash in it, because off-panel, Eddie is yelling, Captain Rumble! Yeah. And and the background is, is bright yellow, and then all the goons in the background are all orange for some reason it's just and just to show that they're in the background but yeah no it's it's really well done that is none of i also had three none of them overlap mm. my three were when we first are introduced to the titans in their outfits uh as part of and i can't believe we forgot to mention this this operation the most oh, which okay. is what their undercover scheme yeah. is called okay. by robin mm-hmm when the, yeah, when we are first introduced to Operation the Most and we get to see them in all of their regalia, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. The other one is, it's during the big fight and it's Kid Flash fighting the bikers. And it's a half page panel. Oh, that is a good one. And yeah. it's got Kid Flash running around and he's in three different places and he's punching one of the thugs off of a bike and the guy's saying, hey! And then he's like, he's jumping on one and apparently hitting him in the back of the head with his crotch. Which is not a great fighting move, but it seems to be working out okay. Mm. Maybe he's doing like some kind of like a hurricanrana type thing where he's like mm. flipping him over with mm. it. But it really looks like he's just, just yeah. The sound effects that it make is slam, 
Bam. Which he's just slamming his crotch into the guy's head. Yeah, that looks painful. Yeah, and then the other one, he's kicking another guy off of his bike, but he's saying, You cycle jockeys are real wrong. Playing rough and unfair doesn't make men out of punks. Mm-hmm. And he's just, it's a really cool panel. He's running around and beating up three different guys mm-hmm. at once, and it looks great. Yep. My other favorite is, right after your favorite, and which of the three was your favorite? I'm going to say just due to the graphic design aspect of it, the one Introduction on of five, Captain yeah. Rumble. Well, this is right after the guitar smash <laughs> that the poet does. Uh-huh. And it's just this panel that cracks me up every time I look at it. All of Captain Rumble and all of his thugs are knocked out and unconscious. Mm-hmm. Captain Rumble has a guitar busted over his head. Mm-hmm. And he's just lying. And there's three hippies that are dancing <laughs> around them saying tra-la-la <laughs> and throwing flowers around in the air over these yeah. mangled thugs. Yeah. And it just cracks me up every time I see it. And that's, well, that is the one that I'm going with as my favorite panel. That amused me as well. So... Who is your favorite Titan? Uh, this may surprise you because he got the least amount of, of action. And, and perhaps wow. this is maybe a little bit of a, a, a pity vote. I don't know. But there is one scene in which Aqualad, pretty much the only cool thing he gets to do, jumps out of a fountain where he's been <laughs> hiding and punches a guy. Not the first time he's done it, I realize. No, no. But I I am delighted that you chose. I could not make my... I, Basically, every issue of my process is, is there a way I can justify making Aqua one of my favorite Titans? I figured. And I couldn't quite in this one. This, I just, they dressed him up so awfully. They really as did. As Wet and Wild. And then Wet and Wild, like, there was no reason for dressing him up awfully. Yep. He didn't do anything. Nope. Their undercover mission, there was really no reason for them to be undercover, and they discarded their undercover disguises really quickly. As soon as they needed to fight. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so sure, technically, as usual, Kid Flash probably did the most cool bad guy smashing stuff. Sure. And uh, Robin was really violent in this, where there was several times, maybe three different panels, where he uses some sort of object to basically, like, lasso somebody's neck. Yeah. And yank on Yeah, them. he uses his love beads to... Uh, drag Captain mm. Rumble off of yeah. Captain Rumble's motorcycle. So uh, the other guys and and Wonder Girl too did did some good fighting. But uh, yeah, no, I just I like that Aqualad basically is just trying to fit in through the whole time yeah. and wants to do a good job and then hides in a fountain and punches somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good move and it's kind of his signature move. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate that. I'm going with, and I think this is the first time it's been twice in a row for this one. I I'm going with Robin. That was my close second, actually. It's, I like his even-handed approach to the hippie culture is great, but it isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I liked his gleeful embrace of violence, not just specifically, but to an extent philosophically. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, hey, I really respect all of you guys as non-violence, and that's great, but I'm going to punch people now. Mm -hmm. And he just punches the shit out of them. And he does a savat kick at one point, which Mm -hmm. is cool. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, I like his Jerry Springer speech at the end. Mm -hmm. And I like that he taught the other uh, Titans to be his backup singers. Yep. So he's a well-rounded martial artist. I do appreciate that. He is. Several issues. He's been very well trained. Mm -hmm. And so that is why, against my better judgment, Robin is my favorite. Very good. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Gosh. Uh, just weird, trippy, uh, delightful issue. Oh, and uh, wrist radios, which they use to communicate. They do use their, wrist their radios. Hippie get up constantly. And, yeah, calling it's, each other. Uh, you know, feathers to um, 
Wet and Wild or <laughs> Wet and Wild didn't get any calls. No, he didn't. I don't even think they gave him. I think they forgot. I think he didn't even get a radio. I think his radio was probably made out of cardboard. Yeah. Poor Wet and Wild. Yeah. Uh, great issue. I I really. Uh, it's we're getting into a really fun era of mm. Titans comic, and um, they they all have been, but mm. we're getting into more specifically the fun issue that I think of as being like the prototypical mm. Teen Titans comic books, and it's it's really fun, and I'm really enjoying it, and I hope that uh, you listeners are enjoying it too. I'm going to be uh, appearing as a guest host on another podcast sometime soon. We're recording it tomorrow, but I'm going to be on. The Hideous Creatures Show podcast. So you guys should check that out. It's a lot of fun. And hopefully I'll be great on it. Hooray! Enjoy! My dog is barking. So we're going to end this podcast. Because I don't feel like editing out all the barks the way I normally try to. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Do iTunes things that are nice about us. And hey, tell a friend. Enjoy, enjoy. Enjoy! Peace Peace and and farewell. farewell.